Welcome to the Road to Zero, a future-proof podcast, as we explore the changing nature of our economy as we look for prosperity and opportunity in not only preserving, but also improving our environment. Today on the Road to Zero, we have Clive Fleming of Reclaim PV Recycling, joining us today from South Australia. G'day, g'day. How's it going? (laughs) Very good. Glad to have you here. So tell me, how did you get into the recycling game for solar panels? Yes. Well, this started off um, a few years ago, probably in 2013 was the the first um, mention of it, I guess, in our our circle of business. So we were in a recycling and a a maintenance business where we were looking at systems and looking at the faults. And we got a job one day to remove about 600 solar panels from one retirement village. So at the end of this job, it was, took about three months. We started putting the panels in this sort of um, compound on site. And at the end of that, they sort of said, the company that employed us to do this job said, just put them in a huge skip and take them to the dump. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we decided that was probably not the way we wanted to do it. So we thought an opportunity was here to look at um, what was being done with these panels around the world and what was, you know, what the potential for the future was and where it was going. So we did a lot of research on that. And that's where it started. Yeah, from that point, that was 2014, we started Reclaim PV. Um, you know, it was one of those quick decisions that had to be made and we did it. So yeah, that's where it started. <laughs> Perfect. And give us an idea, like until that point, what happens to all those old panels? Because I hear that they last for, what, 20, 30 years? And at that point, then people start getting rid of them. Is that how it goes? Yeah, generally. I mean, the older panels you see that sort of started back in, let's say, that 80s or 90s, um, or let's say 90s or 2000s, they're still sort of going, a lot of them. Um, a lot of those old BP panels or the Cymax, those sort of brands, they're, they're very robust panels. Um, and up to the point that we started, there was really no, there was no knowledge, I don't think, around Australia at least um, and other parts of the world that was um, available about solar panel recycling. So there was no real thought process that went into it, I don't think. In Europe, they were sort of already ahead of the game. They had been um, experiencing, you know, early failures and, natural failures, I guess, coming to the end of their life uh, since about 2007. So we were sort of, we had the advantage of looking at what they were doing um, from that point and seeing, you know, how they were handling it, what they were doing and what we could do. So there was, yeah, it's, it's a, it was a brand new thing and it hadn't really been looked at prior to that, I don't think, in, in our region at least, yeah. Okay. So tell us, what, what do you do with a, an all solar panel? Yeah, so we we actually came up with a technique that was unique um, compared to what other companies were doing around the world. So it was it was a, a looking at the panel as a as a whole. So all the components within the panel, we decided to put it through a few tests to see where we could um, separate the panel. So we put it through a furnace, um, and that allows us to separate the the glass from the cell from all the contacts, um, and we remove the frame and the junction box prior to this. So it really allows us to separate the whole the whole panel and we've got further processes then to extract silver and another process then to um, recover the silicon from the the wafer itself which is made up of silicon other minerals as well as aluminium so yeah so there's a it's process of separation through uh, pyrolysis which is a heat um, process yeah thermal okay so you split it up now it's various components and then what uh how much of it is how much of all this stuff is salvageable and usable afterwards 
Yeah, approximately about 98%. Um, it's hard to sort of quantify because the, the glues, they don't make m- up much of the panel. So we've got the EVA, which is the ethylene vinyl acetate, which is the part between the glass and the cell. Um, that's it's a, a compound that once it's sort of set, it's it's set. Uh, and it's a, it's a compound that's used in lots of different um, applications. Um, then we've got the back sheet, which is a polyvinyl fluoride, which is, a, again, it's a it's a material that's used in lots of different applications. But through our process, we actually we burn that off and it goes through an afterburner. Um, it's, it may, that may change in time. Um, and I think there's opportunities to then capture some carbons from that to use in other um, materials, say cement and things like that. But at the moment, yeah, so all the materials that we recover um, is, is everything except for those glues, yeah. Oh, wow, that's pretty impressive. And how long did it take you to, to develop this entire process? I imagine it wasn't an overnight thing. It sounds like there was a lot of research and development put into it. Yeah, there was. Um, we did a lot of R&D with a, a local university here, uh, Flinders University in Adelaide. Um, and while that was happening, I mean, they were looking at laser um, techniques, which was exciting because I love lasers, but it didn't work. Um, they looked at also some chemical um, processes, so the um, organic and some synthetic chemicals. Um, and some other other things to sort of speed up the degradation of the panel in order to recover um, or separate. But during that time, I think we looked at what they were doing and it took a few months for them to go through different elements. Obviously, they've, they've got their own projects on the go as well. So it wasn't sort of quick. Uh, during that time, though, through impatience maybe and also curiosity, we went off and did our own research and development. So internally, we came up with an idea that was, you know, it was looking at, all the different elements of the panel and what the each property of each element was. And through that, we sort of, we went over to another state in Victoria, we went, we went to Victoria and we looked at a furnace there and we thought, let's just try this out. Let's, let's, let's get this temperature right and ramp up to that and then ramp down um, over a certain period of time. And we, we did that and it actually opened the furnace and it worked and we're like, wow, this is, this is awesome. So that's, that's what we went with. And at the time, nobody was doing that, that particular technique. So we felt, um, we had we were onto something. Um, yeah. How does it compare what everybody else is doing? Would you say? Well, there's there's not a lot of people doing first of all recycling um, of panels. Um, there are obviously a lot of people relatively doing it, but it's in terms of the information that's available for what um, the processes are. There's like, the ones that I know about is, you know, a, a shredding process that goes the panels go through, and then there's a, a, a thermal pyrolysis process or, or a furnace. And then following that, there's a, a separation and a wash, and it's quite an elaborate setup. So we did look at that at the beginning, and it was you know a couple of million dollars to set that up, and the feedstock would need to have you know be quite significant in order to sort of fund that. So we didn't go that way. Um, the other techniques I've seen is um, in, particularly in Asia where they've they've put a sort of a blade on a conveyor belt, let's say, and the panel comes past and it sort of cuts the the top part of the panel off, and then it form it rolls onto a ball so we didn't do that either um so there's not a lot of different um techniques out there there's a few different ones like those ones i've mentioned there's probably more um but i did read an article from an indian uh university i think late last year where they they did some experimenting they they worked out a technique which was actually the same as ours um and they said that was the best technique to go with so following that article i think it sort of you know it was yeah gave us the confidence to go yeah awesome we're on the right track for sure um so yeah it just comes down to innovation i think and really trying to find ways that that work 
And it's, I think our technique is quite modular. So we, we have got a, a furnace that sort of has capacity for about 70,000 panels per year. Um, and that's, it's relatively low cost. And if, if the feedstock increases twice um, in a year, we just need to put another furnace on site or find another site. So it's not, we're keeping in line with the feedstock, which is, um, you know, trying to be efficient in that way. And then just to get a good perspective, so the, the stuff comes in, you get the glass and just get an idea of, so it sounds like a lot of it's metal recycling, so it can go right back into as a source metal. And what happens to the glass? Is it broken down, melted down, reused, or how is it recycled? Yeah, so the glass and the metal, they come, they they get broken during the process. They don't melt. They don't reach that point um, of heat. So that's, that's one of the things we made sure that we wanted to avoid. Um, so we've got that glass that's actually, it's, it's really high quality glass. So we, we've got the ability to put that into manufacturing locally where we can. Um, in Australia, there's actually a ban now on exporting glass, I believe, um, in, in most, most cases. So we, we have got agreements for offtake with the glass in Australia. Uh, the aluminium is the same. So that comes through in, in whole pieces, the frames as they are um, in that shape and form. So there's an opportunity then to, to bail that aluminium and provide that locally as well. So really keeping those materials in the country um, when we have, they're all in, in whole pieces. So it's really a sorting, a sorting phase that comes after the furnace. Um, that's just a case of making sure the glass goes into the glass bin uh, and it's washed. And also then the aluminium goes into the aluminium bins um, and all the other materials such as the, you know, the contacts in between the, the cells and also the cables, the, the copper cables. So all those have their own particular bins. Pretty much at that point, it's separate. It's just a sort job, and it goes into an already existing process to to use these materials. Yeah, exactly. So it goes in with virgin, say for the glass, it'll go in with virgin uh, material, and it'll you know it might be half half, and that will obviously reduce their um, demand for sourcing virgin material as well as uh, reducing their um, the energy they require overall. And then just to get an idea of the cost model you have, so now, uh, so imagine there's a uh, recuperation of materials at the other end. So what, what does it cost to recycle a solar panel? And I imagine there's a fee to, to provide, you You charge for people delivering panels and you, you make some money on the up, the, the other end, I take it? Yeah, for sure. So we we have we charge for our, first of all, our freight, um, wherever the panels are to get them to us. Uh, and that's, that's something that will change over time with our network as that grows and we have more participation from net, uh, industry as well as, um, you know, other business. We can start to optimize the collection side of things to make that, you know, reduce those costs. The other side of it was we have to charge a recycling fee at the moment um, because our overheads are quite, you know, they're relatively high versus the the materials we're recovering for sale. So we can't really, you know, we're not going out and buying new equipment all the time. We are really just running it as we need to. So we need to charge a fee for recycling as well. Um, so those two components, they, they, they will change. Um, as we, you know, as the feedstock increases, the amount of panels we recover increases um, over the next couple of years, we'll start to see a reduction in that recycling fee um, where we can sort of start to attain some value from the materials um, and the freight will change as well. So there's a few changes, but at the moment we do charge for those two things separately and they all come through as one cost. But that's it's, it's actually reduced over time. I mean, we, our fee was before, I think it was $30 a panel. Um, that was just that blanket fee, but that's that's changed now. It's, it's significantly cheaper. Uh, some cases, half that cost. So, okay, so it'll decrease over time. And I guess right now the model, I guess, is whoever's getting rid of them. That's that's a cost they have to factor in when they're putting these things together. You know, a couple yeah. decades down the road. Yeah, um, ideally they should be. I mean, 
developers that are doing these huge solar farms, um, I mean, the, the question has started to come out more and more about what they do in terms of uh, the cost at decommissioning stage. And those, that's good that those conversations are starting. It's, it seems a little bit late to have that, um, that thought, but it's happening now, which is good. And also the installers um, that are sort of, let's say they're doing an upgrade for a system that might be 10 years old, they're putting batteries on now, and the homeowner has, you know, six to eight panels they want to take off. There needs to be, a, you know, a cost. Um. The interesting thing, here are these solar panels, and it's really a very similar mirror issue that we're having with the oil and gas industry where you make these wells, and then come at the end, there's a whole cost to decommission them. I know we're dealing with that right now in Western Canada and, and Alberta and some places in BC where, and even the prairies, because some of these wells at end of life and then the companies kind of disappear and then the, the landowner is stuck with this well and who's factored this cost in. And it's, it's interesting how, you know, these panels have a, a very similar issue, maybe not as costly or complex, but there's still this, you know, and it's a great time as we're like building up such massive amounts of solar panels to start figuring out, oh yeah, there's a cost at the end. And I imagine it'll probably get cheaper over time. But it's it's really funny how it, it's a very similar issue we've seen before. Yeah, absolutely. It's common. It's a common thing. Um, you know, we've, we have got the opportunity to get ahead of it um, by thinking as much as we can about it and sharing that, that knowledge and, you know, really brainstorming and working together. Um, and it's not just obviously solar panels. It's it, like you said, it's the oil and gas industry. Um, and it's it seems, you know, yeah, it has taken such a, a, a long time to sort of to learn that we need to start thinking about those things before or during the time of build. Um, but it's it's really common that that happens a lot, that we sort of, it's an afterthought. Um, but I, I think the positive side of that is that uh, we have the opportunity to look at other countries and other regions in the world, like say Africa and, and other places that are starting to develop more um, and, you know, learn that we, you know, start introducing that sort of that conversation now into those countries where they, they won't be faced with the same issues um, as we are sort of facing now as developed, um, more developed countries, I think, in that area. So, yeah, it's, there's a positive to it. <laughs> yeah, there is. And then what's next for you and your company? So now you're in, in, in South, uh, Southern Australia. Are you looking at, at growing other plants or is this plant going to serve all of Australia? What, what you, what's the, the world empire plan for your, your company? <laughs> world domination? No, um, maybe. But yeah, we, we've got another plant in, in Brisbane as well. So Adelaide's been announced, but we've also got the same sort of um, set up in Brisbane, in Queensland. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's feeding, that's taking all the modules, all the, all the panels from northern New South Wales and the whole of Queensland into effect, into recycling. And the next, I think, step for us is to look at another plant further up north in Queensland because there's a huge distance to travel there. It's really about the learning about where the feedstock is and bringing the awareness so that these panels do come out of the woodwork, um, whether that's coming off the roof or out of a workshop somewhere because there's thousands of them just lying around. Um, and, you know, making that awareness so then we can start to see, okay, there's another opportunity to, to put a plant here. Um, so that's that's the plan around Australia, to have localised... I mean, the idea is to keep those materials in each state so we can sort of support that each, each small government's um, goals in terms of their uh, industrial growth or their job, um, job creation in those states so by supplying materials locally where we can to support that. But then also looking at battery recycling as well. Um, we've started to look at that and, and introduce that into our, um, you know, our, our weekly meetings and you know, start to look at how we can position recycling of batteries into the whole mix and when we start doing that. 
Um, so yeah, that's another thing that we need to get going because it's the sooner we do that stuff as well, the better it is for you know the future. Well, I guess imagine too is not only from your your panel arrays. I mean, you're going to have electric vehicles all over the place, electric uh, transportation, and power walls. So there's a lot more batteries going to be showing up in our lives very shortly. Yeah, they're going to be everywhere. I think all these. It's yeah. It's um. There's a lot of materials, a lot of good materials in them. Um, and I think yeah, it, it's it's a better it's a better product if it's got definitely got an end of life plan and it's recyclable and those materials are going straight back into those products and also i think the important thing with recycling is to use the information or the data that's been collected through the process and through logistics and through you know other um information about why they're failing and things like that and make the product better uh make the you know the the industry as a whole better in terms of you know um sourcing better products for the for the actual supply of the materials so that we're when they come to recycling, they're, they're easier to recycle, they're better um, for the environment, I guess, and there's less failures um, because, yeah, there's the, the cause, I think, of, of our business needing to be um, available now is that a lot of these panels, like you said at the beginning, they've got a, a, a 25, 30-year warranty, let's say, 25 years. But if you go by the warranty, I mean, it looks like the, the next, you know, they won't be coming off for recycling in 2030, 2035, but that's not the case. Um, I think a lot of the, a lot of the rushed installations back in the, you know, 10 years ago, there was a huge, in Australia, at least the, probably other regions as well, there was a huge demand for uh, panels because it was rebates and there was a real push for it. A lot of businesses sort of came out of the, out of nowhere and started selling them. Um, and a lot of manufacturers have come and gone since then. So there was, you know, material shortages in China um, so that, you know, some manufacturers had to source different you know, different uh, companies to buy the materials from. And that sort of has led to in different, different areas, um, product failures. Um, and obviously the variants of regulation that have, have sort of started and changed since, since like 10 years ago, it's huge. So the standards now are different than they were in 2010, um, 2012. So the, the panels are now that are coming in are better um, in terms of the quality and the testing and all those things. But that back then it was sort of like you know anything anything could sort of be shipped in here and it was um, it wasn't always the best so we're starting to see those ones come off um, a lot. There's lots lots of different varying factors um, you know that as well as the, the installation standards um, you know who was installing them how they were doing it. I remember seeing a video once um, from a manufacturer advertising their panels, and it was they had a motorbike uh, a dirt bike riding across the panels. You know they were showing how tough they were. <laughs> Um, and you know, that's just ridiculous because um, that's not what you want to be doing because <laughs> that just creates micro cracks and those things, you don't see them with your eye, but then, you know, five years later, they start to show up and you've got failures. So it's a little bit irresponsible to do that, but you know, that's just the people wanted to know that their panels were tough. Not, not great. <laughs> well, great. Glad to see someone's taking this problem head on and showing some leadership. What you'd like to see coming out of the industry? Not entirely. I think the participation from all industry uh, from all levels of not just industry but community um i think in general homeowners um are really you know really adaptive to this sort of stuff they really do care um and the, you know, the push for the environment is it's changing i think it's changing quickly um and there's a lot of attention on recycling generally around the world i think it's not just here it's everywhere um and i think a lot of innovation will come from that um so yeah i think it's people have ideas all the time. And I think it's really important to bring those ideas forward. Um, even if it seems it's a, 
not not going to work just now. I think it's really yeah, important to have those conversations and, and bring ideas forward and share it with everyone else. And what I hear too is that really big question of what happens to this when it's, it's life is over and something that, that gets overlooked often. Yeah, it does. It's um, it's one of those questions, isn't it? It's There's lots of things that, I mean, if you look at a landfill site, um, I didn't realize that the volume of what goes into landfill until I sort of went to one and saw it and I got information about what was going into it every, every month. And, you know, it's, you forget how big the world is sometimes, you know, forget how, how much space we've got around us. And, and then you sort of, if you don't look at where your rubbish goes or, you know, this plastic thing here or this bit of whatever it is, you don't realize the path that it's going to um, until you start looking at it. And then you go, Oh, like, wow, that's actually, that's all going to that landfill over there. And it's a huge amount. And it's a, massive resource that we're just really just pushing over there because no one wants to deal with it but if we look at the, the opportunities to process those materials and where we can use them uh you know we can we can avoid that landfill first of all and then we can also avoid um producing new materials out of you know um mined or other um processes of virgin materials so yeah i think it's there is so many i really believe that every material that we've created um out of you know oils and and other uh, metals can all be recycled it can all be reused in some level it just has to have the research behind it um and we've got all the resources around us that we can just utilize um yeah we don't have to make everything new all the time <laughs> yeah opportunities materials yeah well there are and i and i hear there's a huge industry to, to build to support that right like a lot of lots of jobs that and lots of development so a lot of economic opportunity that's just really there to develop yeah absolutely there is um you know it's 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 like the second round of the first round we've got those this same opportunities we had when the materials were raw um to create new ones and make new products and make our products last longer and i think there's a lot of you know a lot of research going on around the world as well which is you know spurring the, the governments to sort of invest in, um, you know, different grants and different funding, different opportunities and looking at things a little bit differently. And, you know, also effectively, it's it's reducing some of the uh, international freight in some areas where, you know, the circular economy really should be about, you know, looking at those, the local, whether it's a state thing or a city thing, uh, or even a country thing, looking at those local materials and what's, what's being imported and what's being used and what's being um, decommissioned and what those materials equate to and where we can use them. Um, having those, having those insights is, yeah, that's happening more and more, I think. So yeah, it's creating jobs, it's creating, um, new products as well. It's making old products better. Like an example would be, uh, say pallets. That's like a, an old school way of making them was out of wood. Um, and we're now making them out of plastic, recycled plastic, which is awesome. And there's still not hundred percent of the panels that are, the pallets that are made, uh, are made out of plastic a lot of them are still made out of wood even though that that technology is there and it's it's usable and they last longer um you know it just has to take, takes time to change those things but they're all, all changing i think slowly yeah well it's nice you're really seeing a an awareness growing and and, and really things moving a lot faster than they have in the past which is which is really great to see yeah for sure things are changing it's a good time to be alive you know my kids, my kids talk to me about um, my job. The younger generation these days, I mean, it's like a lot of things that have changed since like the 70s, 80s, 
whatever it's those those things that we've we've experienced um firsthand you know whether it's social or environmental all those changes that we're we're living in now um you know my children are seven and eight and their 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 way of life and their their way of seeing things is is really about um reuse and uh it's like it's ingrained in them already it's not they don't have to sort of convert their thinking it's it's they get the opportunity then in the next 10 years to, to change, to evolve even more. So I think there's, it's, it's a generational thing. That's, we've reached that point where, you know, the kids now, um, it's not a, not a question of, um, yeah, do we recycle? It's, you know, how do we, how do we do this? <laughs> so that's, that's, that's good to see as well. My kids always ask me about my job. Um, they don't really know exactly what happens, but they know that, you know, there's, there's solar panels that get recycled and they, that's, that's awesome. You know, that's something you wouldn't have heard of, um, with a lot of things, I think 30, 40 years ago, um, on a, on a, on a large scale at least. So, yeah. No, no, it is. But like I said, before the mentality was just throw it in the dump and bury it. And so it's nice to see that we're, we're breaking that cycle and creating way where we're keeping those materials. So by doing that, we actually then just start to see our environment in a different way as well, which then subconsciously, I guess, or consciously on a, on a larger scale, it changes the way we um, we treat our environment. So um, I think, yeah, just the act of recycling or seeing somebody else recycle has a flow-on effect. That's um, it's bigger than um, than just recycling. It changes changes things, all things. So yeah, it's a positive global movement for sure. Well, does that piece of yeah showing care for the world around you? So really acknowledge you for the uh, yeah really taking the effort and developing that because I hear what it took of of the research it took and the time. And it's great to see that you, you've got it up on the ground and growing. And I really uh, can't wait to hear more about, about what uh, what you create next. And we'll continue to share with you. Um, we'll probably take place again. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you again. Again, acknowledge you for the, the work you're doing, the effort. And uh, yeah, thank you for being my guest. No worries, Nick. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for getting in touch with me. To hear more about our podcasts, showcase events, or the FutureProof Network, please visit us at www.futureproof-network.com.